You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. We in camp. How y'all boys feeling? Feeling good. Getting back into it. Dan asked me before we started, he was like, how was your weekend? I was like, it just worked. Worked through the weekend. Yeah, Nick, you're, you're back at the, uh, the football facility for... What is probably what a thirty or forty minute round trip for you um, for fifteen minutes, but at least we're we're here. Fall camp is back. We made it through the doldrums. Yes, yes, my favorite time of the year, man. It's football season, getting it, getting it crunk up. Um, eventful first week of camp, I would say, or first few Friday, uh, first few practices were um, pretty interesting to say the least. Yeah, lying season's back, and as three very notable liars, um, we're back. I would never. Swing. You have negative lies. Uh, Nick. I would never lie. Lies. I would never lie. I think you lied about QB, too. We'll talk about it a little bit. I think so, Nick. I think so. Um, how was your bit. boys' weekend? Good? Before we get into everything, good? Yeah, pretty solid. Didn't get into a whole lot. Uh, back to school shopping. Uh, the kids go back to school this week, so I was in the thick of the mall and and Walmart and Target yesterday. So you know, um, I'm a little little exhausted from that. Outside of that, bro, not a whole lot going on. Just back to school. They go back. Excited when? to get my days back tomorrow. Thursday, actually. Thursday. Okay, I think yeah. uh, I think they go back here in Hillsboro. Maybe tomorrow. Don't have kids. Uh, very notably, um, have zero kids to report on my end. So I think they come back here. Um, I want to shout out a, a buddy of mine, um, on Saturday outside of him graduating from the university of Georgia. So definitely a flawed human being, but, uh, he invited me out to play the old Memorial golf course here in Tampa. I think it's, I think it's about as exclusive as you're going to get in terms of membership. Um, he's got a, a client of his or somebody that, that he knows that's a member 125 K, uh, to join, um, yeah, just an, an absurd amount of wealth there. Uh, I, this is my second time playing. The first time I saw your boy, Ken Griffey Jr., out there with the uh, nice. the Barber twins who are both members. Uh, but I sat down on on Saturday morning because um, you have to, like, change your shoes and all that in the locker room. They have very strict rules about cell phone usage and all that. I uh, sat down, changed my shoes, turned over my right shoulder, Vinny Testaverde's locker. Um, and then... Uh, we, uh, I walk out to get into a, a cart to go over to the driving range and I see none other than Tampa Bay lightning legends, Braden point and Alex Kalorn step out of their G wagon, uh, for just a, a great round of golf. It must've been 718 degrees outside, but uh, I want to shout out my boy Marin who, uh, who does a lot of listening to this pod to report back to his Georgia fans, our friends, pardon me about what's going on in Gator nation, but shout out to, uh, to merit for letting me play. That's, that's one of those things that you just don't get to do very often. Sounds luxurious. It, oh, it was elite name dropping, bro. I, I, I can't, compete <laughs> with that, bro. I cannot, um, with that. 
different kind of name dropping. Had a bunch of people come up to me on Saturday in open practice uh, saying they listened to the pod. So appreciate all you guys for listening and showing love out of, the, out of practice. And uh, we'll get more into that. But that's always cool. That's always cool when someone comes up and, and says they appreciate the pod or, or the work you put in. It's not a $125,000 country club. I'm not, I'm not a member, you know what I mean? So um, I just appreciate having people that are, are uh, richer than me or a little bit more well-connected that, uh, that invite me out there to make the, uh, to make the list a uh, quick shout out to all the people that are watching on YouTube. If you could hit that like button, the subscribe button, uh, the share button, do whatever, all of that kind of fun stuff helps us uh, get, um, out to more and more people, which allows us to grow and continues to allow us to be the, the voice of the people, the pot of the people, whatever we want to call ourselves. But uh, Chris Sorley here in the comments saying, what's up, Nick? Great to see you. Uh, follows that up with, uh, I thought you were taller, LOL. Uh, that, uh, that edit made me. Rob, Rob on Twitter is a menace. Uh, Rob, okay. Constant- uh, I think it's just Rob. He tweeted at Silk today, put me on like Aaron Hernandez, like holding the gun into the mirror. Made me some- uh, But he photoshopped my head onto a small child dapping up Billy Napier Saturday at the Florida Victorious event. Yeah, so let's uh, let's dive into that. Before we do that, as always, we're going to shout out our friend Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. Got a lot of good content to get to today. Uh, Alan Horn in Jasper, Georgia. Uh, if you are in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, and you are looking for any kind of insurance policy, whether it is car, automotive, property and casualty, renters, life, whatever it might be, give him a call, 706 706- Six nine two two eight eight eight, or visit him at allenhorninsurance.com. Always shop your rates. Allen is a State Farm representative. So again, seven zero six six nine two two eight 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 in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama. Uh, Nick, let's get into uh, just this week of practice as a whole, and I do want to make sure that we touch on that Florida Victorious event after, which I think that we all agreed was really, really cool that they did. Uh, But we are 24 days away from the start of football where the Gators will kick off against the Utah Utes. Uh, it is absolutely just it is crazy. I know you guys are both going out there, but uh, Nick, the last few weeks, uh, our last few days of practice, give me uh, give me an update. What what are you seeing? What are you not seeing? All that kind of stuff. Uh, well, we'll start with quarterback. I think the I don't think we can even talk about who QB one is. It's pretty clear that Graham Mertz has taken on a leadership role. Uh, he's taking most of those reps. He's performing the best. I think. Uh, we're just waiting on Billy Napier to say it publicly uh, and make it official. But I think Graham has kind of separated himself. Um, and, and then I'm, I've been impressed a little bit with, with Max Brown. I think he looks a lot better this fall than he maybe even during the spring. He's a little more accurate. Footwork's a little tighter. Um, and in his athleticism, his running ability, um, I think gives you something different that the other two quarterbacks – don't have not to say that they're Peyton Manning or they're a statue, uh, but Max is just a, a, a better runner than they are. Um, so I think 
maybe QB two battle, but uh, even watching the watching practice Saturday when we get to see everything more than just the fifteen minutes that we we typically get, there's a clear one two three with Mertz Miller and then Brown, um, and I just wonder. If, if you try to get Max Brown because of that athleticism involved somehow. And I asked Billy that last week uh, and it did not sound like that was in the plans or in the cards yet. Um, but I think we do have some clarification on the quarterback. Yeah. I think that we kind of all expected when Graham Mertz came to Florida that he would be the starter. Uh, I think his expectation was to be the starter. And I think that it was going to take a lot to supplant him. Uh, Nick Silk, want to get your thoughts. Assuming that Graham Mertz is the starter, you have a backup between either Jack Miller or Max Brown. Uh, Jack Miller, obviously the, the more seasoned upperclassman, Max Brown, the, the red shirt freshman there. If they are even, do you guys have a preference over which one you would choose as a backup, assuming that they're even and obviously also know uh, that uh, there's more to it than, than what we see. But um, my opinion, just throwing that out there is if they're even, I put Max Brown. Uh, biggest reason there is, you have a longer runway with him. Uh, you have the opportunity to build and enhance uh, his skill set as he grows uh, in the program and obviously has a longer window. But uh, what are y'all's thoughts? I don't know that they're even. I, I think I think you I don't know what situation Max would come in. Maybe if like if if Graham Burtz breaks his ankle in the first drive against Utah, I think you go to Jack Miller. If the offense is stalling at some point during the season in a game, maybe you have a package that involves some options, some other stuff that can utilize Max Brown's athleticism, and then he would come in in spots. Uh, but I don't know that if you had to turn the offense over to one or the other, I don't know that Max Brown would be ahead of Miller right now. My thing, I haven't seen anything, any flashes from Jack Miller. To, to make me think he should be QB too. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot, but from the flashes I've seen of Max Brown, it just, he seen he looks like the better uh, QB right now. Um, depends on who, he's, who who was at practice. A lot of people think that he is, he has surpassed uh, Jack Miller uh, when it pertains to just, just overall quarterback play. I just haven't seen, we've seen Jack play. Um, I know he was missing some guys in the bowl game, but, I didn't see any flashes in that game, regardless of, of losing and who wasn't there. I just didn't see any flashes in the spring game. Same thing. I didn't see anything that said uh, he was even pressing Mertz for uh, a, a real quarterback competition. I don't think he really applied any pressure. Um, from the from the flashes I've seen, knowing Max Brown athleticism, uh, some of the throws he's making that I've seen in these clips, I just think He's going to be QB two. We'll let Kemp continue to play out. Mm -hmm. I do. I do like what Nick said. Is for if it's game one, maybe a lot of mm -hmm. pressure, and there's not a lot of experience uh, from Max Brown with, with game time. So it'd be tough if Merce was to go down in, in Utah, putting him on on the field on the road. That's a different situation. But uh, overall skill set and what I've seen in, in small clips and in, in, you know small sample size, I just think it's going to be Max Brown for QB two. Um, obviously, we've talked a lot about leadership with Graham Mertz and everything else, but Nick, what you've seen, uh, obviously a lot of those clips have also made it onto the internet now, so I think most fans have seen most of what you guys see, uh, but what are you seeing out of him that that has him so far ahead? Is it the crispness? Is it the understanding the crispness of his passes? Is it the understanding of the offense and where players should be? Obviously, you're only catching 
what, maybe five to eight percent of the practice. But but what are right. you hearing or seeing out of him? Well, what we've heard is that he's become a leader and and the you know, I, I was uh, cynical, I'll say, you know, when everyone was like, he's the first one in the last one out. And I was like, yeah, he has to be. He spent three years in an offense. Now he's got only two years left to play. He's playing catch up in this new offense. So of course, he's the first one in the last one out. But that made an impression on guys, uh, made an impression on the staff. Uh, and Graham is, I think, the kind of guy that uh, is going to do all the little things, even if that's like picking up somebody else's pads or picking up the locker room. Uh, no like task is too big for him. I think he's just one of the guys and that's helped him fit in. And I think the biggest thing with him is that as he gets more comfortable, the ball's coming out on time. Um, the ball's going where it needs to. I think he processes information well. Um, and, and listen, he's not going to be asked to be Kyle Trask in 2020. He's not going to be asked to be Danny Warfel. He's not going to throw the ball. 40 times a game. This is a, an offense I think that's going to try to run the football, try to control the tr uh, control the clock, and Graham just needs to keep defenses honest. Hit those short passes, intermediate passes. Every once in a while when the defense starts creeping up, hit a play action, hit something down. I think right now, if, if that's what you're going to ask of him, manage the game, make the plays that you're supposed to make, dump the ball down when you need to, uh, I, think he's, I think he's more than capable of doing that. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. Let's get into uh, the first of uh, the practices this week. And then ultimately we have uh, we had an open scrimmage on uh, Saturday. About well, a thousand practice. People. Yeah. Open practice. Sorry. Open practice. About a thousand people. Uh, it looks like we're there. But uh, Nick, walk us through a little bit of that uh, that open practice uh, that we saw on Saturday. First time the Gators have done it, I think, in in eight years. Uh, obviously, we we will talk about Ricky Pearsall and Devin Moore who missed uh, that practice, and we'll talk a little bit about Shamar James here in a minute. But uh, what do you think of the overall event in in the practice itself? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, a couple of the writers have been asking. Uh, players and coaches, you know, how different practices are now than they used to be. Uh, like when Silk was playing, I'm sure there were two days, three days in the summer. Yeah, three days in Juco, bro. Yeah. Ooh. I'm trying to, I think uh, I'm liable to some type of compensation. You know, I've been, <laughs> been waiting for this whole, you know, a big lawsuit to, to pop up and I'm going to join in, bro. But we did three days. So that's like, that's, that's not it now. Uh, you know, there's hardly any tackling, there's no Oklahoma drills. Um, I think the biggest thing to see was, okay, when Ricky Pearsall isn't there, who stands out? And to me, Caleb Douglas stood out, Eugene, uh, Trey Wilson stood out. Um, I was encouraged to see Micah Mazuka yep. playing contact, even in a non-contact jersey, going through reps. Um, and then even more encouraging maybe is is seeing Najee Harris being the guy that's taking first team reps when Mike is not in there. Uh, and I think that speaks volumes just to what he was able to do in the spring and, and the kind of player he is. So um, I think it's really hard to play as a freshman offensive lineman, uh, but he's going to get the opportunity this year. So um, I, I don't know why I, I saw a lot of hate or uh, negative comments towards the offensive line. I don't think they were, they were bad, um, but it's a football practice. They didn't really do, you know, too much team stuff. Um, there's no tackling. They'll scrimmage this week, I think, Thursday. 
Uh, so we'll try to get some information out of that where they're actually, you know, going game speed. But right now you're five practices in and still installing. I think um, some encouraging things, but it's it was just the fifth practice of fall camp. Silk, anything that you heard or saw or commentary on that or your thoughts just on open practice as a whole? I'm just liking the vibes from here. I expect, I've been saying this for a few months, I expect the defense to be good to elite. I just have mm -hmm. high expectations for that front seven. Uh, still some answers that I want to hear at, at the safety position, but I like what I heard from, from I'm hearing from safety as well. But I, I like the overall, uh, you know, the energy from the offense. I, I like that, you know, uh, Merce is, is looking like a leader. You know, um, Shane Matthews, who's a former quarterback, he does content as well. He's pretty spot on with the quarterbacks in the past, you know, whether it was AR, uh, Trask, or whoever it may be. Uh, he's been pretty spot on. So just paying attention to a lot of what he's saying. Uh, he, he's high on Mertz. He thinks Mertz is more than capable and is going to have a good season. Uh, the run game is going to be official. Uh, I like the young boys stepping in. Pearsall was out. Uh, they say he was under the weather, but Andy Jean. Eugene Wilson, he, he, he he's out of uh, injury protocol and took off the non-contact jersey. Um, but it's a lot of you know, just explosiveness every time he touched the ball. Uh, so I'm excited. Uh, I spoke about Arliss Bordenham last, mm -hmm. last show as well, and, and I think he's going to have a breakout season. I've been seeing a lot of that, and that was before camp started. I've just been seeing a lot of highlights, pictures, and flashes, and people singing his praise a little bit. So I'm higher up on the offense than I was before. I'm not – Terribly worried about the offensive line. Death, death could be an issue, um, but if we stay healthy for the most part, like I'm not, I don't have a whole lot of concerns right now with the offense. I do want to see us play competition that's that's not us, uh, because that could be some familiarity, you know, and and them knowing our defense and being able to get some stuff off. But I'm uh, super excited about the secondary. The guys I've seen as far as DBs with the freshman Jordan Castell, Jakeem, all those guys are showing great footwork, great technique. You know, a lot of, you know, and even the energy from Austin Armstrong, seeing him at the open practice, him getting super excited and running out to the field, it's good energy. It's good camp energy. Haven't seen any camp fights or any disgruntled stuff. So just good positive energy, man. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the, the offensive line might be a concern for me just depth-wise. Like, I think right. right now I'd say, like, Barber, Mazuka, Ogwakin, Richie Leonard, Damian George, Najee Harris – Jake Slaughter, maybe Jordan Herman, maybe Riley Sim uh, Simons. Um, I just don't know, like if if you if you have any kind of injuries, I just don't know what the line looks like there. After that, and and it's a team that you need that offensive line to be to be kind of the identity of your offense if you're going to be a running mm -hmm. if you're going to be a running team, right? Let's get into a, a little bit more about uh, some things that, that Billy Napier said. So we're just going to bounce around uh, a little bit here. Um, when it comes to QB2, um, Billy Napier uh, mentioned on Thursday that Max has made uh, improvement. I think he's a classic example of a really good athlete that just started playing quarterback a few years ago in high school. The guy can run. He's gained eight or nine pounds of lean muscle. There's no doubt his accuracy has improved. I think he's cleaned up his, fo uh, his footwork. Pardon me. His stroke is much more consistent. And I, again, I think that there's some knowledge that contributes to that table in terms of understanding the system. So I think Max has come along pretty nicely. He's got to catch up mentally, 
but his work ethic this summer has impressed the staff and impressed the players. He's kind of got it right there in Graham's hip pocket, and he's played the way you'd want a quarterback to work. Um, I know that we also mentioned Eugene Wilson. Uh, Silk, you mentioned, um, was uh, was off of his um, non-contact jersey. Uh, he's obviously showing some, some excellent footwork in some of the routes that we've seen. Um, and let's see, Montreal Johnson, Trevor ETN, uh, obviously have been uh, nothing short of what we expected them uh, to be. But also I know um, that Cam Carroll has impressed as well. And we're going to break down the, uh, the running back room uh, as well. So you mentioned Artis Borlingham. I know you mentioned Andy Jean as well. A lot of people that are excited about them. So from an offensive perspective, Nick, from what you've seen thus far, and they're playing against each other and they're just practicing, but are you more optimistic or just as optimistic, which was not much, uh, based <laughs> on what you've seen so far? Um. It, it, it's interesting because I think the best players on the team are like transfers or those young guys. And, and how, how do they react? What, what's their performance in week one when it's, when it's brand new and you're on the road mm-hmm. and it's 8 PM prime time. Um, I, I like Andy Jean. I like Eugene Wilson a lot. Um, and the running backs, I think Cam Carroll is someone we don't talk about enough. Um, I was, I was talking ignorant. I was like, what is this dude doing coming here yeah, to, to come and run behind uh, these two guys who almost ran for a thousand yards each last year. And uh, I think he came in with a purpose and, and he's the best pass catcher in my opinion in the running back room. So I think he'll find the field. Um, I'm a little more encouraged. I, I think Arliss Bordingham based on the reps, he's behind Xanders and Odom but he just has a, a whole different game than anyone else that is going to play in that tight end room this year. And I think you have to figure out ways to get him on the field and get him the ball. But that that's kind of to be expected. Silk, and I want to get your thoughts there too. Arliss Borningham didn't play much. Uh, I think he's still considered he's a redshirt freshman, year. right? Yeah. So um, he had some injuries, a guy that Florida recruited obviously late into Billy Napier or late in that recruiting class, a guy that Billy Napier uh, was able to convince to choose over, I know Oregon, I think South Carolina, uh, Southern Cal was involved there too. Anyway, a guy that, you know, fans seemingly were excited about, didn't know much about him last year. You know, the Gators are trying to figure it out on offense. We don't see much out of the tight end position. Uh, but Xanders, who's been with the team since I think he was in Spurrier second or third class that he signed. Uh, <laughs> him and Andre and then, DeBose. Yeah, yeah, him and Andre DeBose. <laughs> um, and then uh, you have you have Odom. Uh, obviously, you you have the injury to Zipper as well. And Boardingham has, you know, seemingly done really well. But it should be expected that a redshirt freshman that didn't play at all last year would probably be behind those guys, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily indicative of how little or anything he might play in the offense. Is that kind of a, a good way yeah. to break it down right now? Yeah, you got to lose the job, you know? Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's what happens during camp. So he'll, he'll work his way up the depth chart and then the situational ball as well. I think when it's time to get the ball, the ball to the tight end, your number one choice is going to have to be all his Bordenham. Uh, even even Tony Livingston, I want to see how he continues to mature mm-hmm. this camp. But 
Uh, the guys that can go up and get the ball, separate, you know, have a different different type of twitch and athleticism, you got to get those guys the ball. He's like our, our Eugene Wilson at tight end. You just got to find a way uh, to create mismatches. You, you're going to get safeties or, or linebacker that. It's going to be a problem for either one of those positions to try to go, cover a guy like that. But mm-hmm. I expect him to, to ascend up the depth chart. And um, regardless of what they put, you know, as starters when they put it out, we'll see what the snap count look like and how we how, what type of plays we run. But I expect him to get majority of the passing reps, mm-hmm. I would say. You know, I don't know if they want him in there doing a lot of the blocking if we're going to run heavy. Um, but if it's in pass situation, goal line situation, you need mismatches, you, you got to use all this, man. He's just different. Big goes up and gets it. Um, can run with the ball after. I've been really, really impressed with him. Uh, maybe it's a blocking thing, and, and mm-hmm. maybe they just don't feel as comfortable with him blocking as they do Odom and Xanders. Um, but like I said, he just brings something different that the other tight ends don't bring right now. And and not saying that Tony Livingston can't be that, or or, or Hayden Hansen can't be that, but they're not there right now. Yeah, I think those guys, you got to scheme open. I don't think they're just going to be man beaters, right? And they could just mm-hmm. line up and beat somebody. So um, while they could probably could block better, and I and I expect that because that's that's their strong suit. They're bigger tight ends. And I, I expect Arliss Bornham to become a better blocker as he get, stay in the weight room, get bigger. Uh, next year, his sophomore year, is going to be it's going to be a little different all the way around uh, for the whole tight end spot for him. But um, – yeah, those guys, you got a scheme open. And I don't know if we have a tight end scheme open offense, but if you just need a man beater, you got to get guys like all this on the field. Um, it's going to be interesting. I did like some of even – Caleb Douglas got to hold on to the ball a little bit. I want to see him sure up his hand, especially after that Florida State game last year. But I like what I saw out of the wide receiver spot, you know, all the way around. I like the young boys that are pushing the depth chart and pushing for minutes. Mm-hmm. And I like some of the, the veteran guys that we got out there. Um, but same thing, like some of the starters that's out there, like they on the clock. Like Frazier's, I like his skill set, but he's on the clock. These young boys is, is is playing to take reps and take snaps. So mm-hmm. he may start the Utah game, but if he's not making plays and he's not separating and making it easy for, for Merge, you're going to have to put a guy like Mazelle, you know, uh, Andy Jean, Eugene Wilson, guys that can run routes, separate, and make the job a little bit easier for the quarterback. So – it's going to start a certain way, and it's going to, you know, a few games in, you're going to see the depth chart start to shift a little bit. Yeah, to me, outside of or after Pearsall, um, Caleb Douglas has been the best receiver, in my opinion. Um, mm. I'd put him ahead of Jaquavion Frazier's already. Um, and then I agree with you. Those young guys, especially as the game starts to slow down, they get more reps, they, they start to get more comfortable on the field. I think those guys, you'll start to see them get more – playing time get more run um because i think i think any gene i what is that, who did i compare him to i said like antonio callaway van jefferson nice. like he's polished yeah. he's just a, a polished route runner just like he's just a mature football player already man. yeah mm-hmm. yeah i like the way he attacks his, his a lot of these guys i'm gonna be real i like the way they attacked the offseason this year as freshmen they were they were dead mm-hmm. ass serious as far as getting better and putting the work in even with all this boarding him, I wasn't just high on him because of his skill set, but I saw the work that a lot of these guys were putting in. It was serious work, and you started seeing their body change a lot. So, uh, yeah, Andy Jean's an absolute professional when it comes to route running, you know, working out, preparation, all of that's major. Um, Callaway was a professional in, in certain aspects, but it was, he was lacking some maturity in others. So Andy mm-hmm. Jean just seems like 
he's well rounded in all aspects. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Silk, your your thoughts uh, a little bit easier to see the field as a freshman at uh, at wide receiver than certainly some other positions, right? Yeah, the further you're away from the ball, the easier it is as a freshman. So, like, just telling the guy to run a slant or this is your route in in the huddle, you don't have to know the entire playbook. But being mm -hmm. able to give uh, guys like him who just super talented, you got to get on the field. Yeah, coach them up in the huddle, let them know what they got to do if they don't grasp the playbook. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, what his comprehension of the entire playbook is. But if he's struggling, you teach guys like that. Even Eugene Wilson, who didn't have a spring football, he's coming a little bit later than, mm -hmm. than the other receivers like Mazelle and Gene. Man, you just tell that guy, hey, we're going to throw you a quick bubble screen over here. And <laughs> yeah. You do what you do, bro. We're going to get yeah. out of your way. Uh, so you just got to teach those guys as you go. But you got to get the ball in their hands. And yeah, so I didn't Eugene see Seeing Eugene Wilson get a screen instead of Xavier Henderson, no slight to Xavier Henderson, to my peoples, I, I rocks with the Hendersons, but it's a different type of screen you're throwing. You know, it's a different type of a bubble screen than a guy that's a, a lone strider that, that was a 400 runner, and you got now you got a 100 meter runner that was one of the best in the state. It's a different vibe. And then he yeah. came in and he was like squatting four 400 plus. Benching three three hundred plus, just like, where did that come from? Thank you, Nick. Uh, I want to give a quick thank you to our friend uh, Stone Cold Drip Sauce Tin. Uh, you know, again, Sounds like my closet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we appreciate uh, the super chat donation. We are going over that projected win total. For sure, which I believe is five and a half, depending on the sports book, five and a half, six and a half. Uh, but uh, I, I agree. You know, Florida does have a very tough schedule this year. Um, but uh, but again, you know, all signs are pointing to maybe this isn't um, the dire straits that uh, that some schedule. people on this podcast may have made it seem like in the spring. Yeah, it's never going to get easier, man. by the way. You said, Say Damn, what? Greasy. Damn, I was talking greasy earlier. Just no, 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 crazy no, no, no. negative. All right, let's give. Uh, let's let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. Before we do that, uh, go support the Gataverse. Go visit them at gataverse.io. Uh, again, you will be able to help Florida Gator student athletes. Uh, we had. I talked about their the TBT that was sponsored by the Gatorverse last week. They did end up losing to Maryland 77 to 74. Corey Brewer at 27 points. They'll be back next year. They're going to do another event and everything else. I know that that was a, a, a ton of fun. Um, also, they now have a signed Trevor Etienne autograph uh, card on their website. Cards come with a meet and greet uh, with him at the end of the season as well as some merchant discounts that will be announced very soon. So again, go visit Gataverse.io. They are supporting dozens of athletes at the University of Florida, and this money directly helps them. So again, Gataverse.io. Let's get into the defensive side of the ball here real quick. I want to shout out my boy Ross that just texted me that he's on a flight uh, and he's watching us live. So hello, Ross. Yo, shout out um, to Ross. Shout out to Ross. Um, Ross, Ross so, got that Wi-Fi on the plane, man. He sure does. Yeah, yeah. He's flying business class to Hawaii right now. Um, he got, a, he got right. a membership. To, he got a membership to the golf club too. No, 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 no. no? <laughs> he lives up in Atlanta. Um, let's see. The Gators practiced without Shamar James. 
Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that lower body injury was seen walking around with a brace on his left knee. Actually, Nick, let's do pause there. Any update there or maybe not as big of a deal as, as maybe fans might think or, or give us the update. Um, we haven't got anything solid from Billy. We'll talk to him uh, Monday around 1230. But uh, from the people I've talked to inside the building, it, they're not giving the vibe or the sense that it, it's a serious knee injury. Um, mm. Oh, sorry. Uh, Billy, Billy went like hockey coach. Dan. Lower, lower like, body injury. Nick. It's like a, it's a, it's a lower left quadrant, not even yeah. left. Just, just a lower yeah, just quadrant. Lower quadrant. Yeah. A lower quadrant mishap. Yeah, we have upper body injuries and lower body injuries in hockey. Mm-hmm. That's all they are. Never a head injury, though? No concussions Never a head in injury. No. Broken knuckles? That, that, so I be, believe yeah. that would be considered an upper, upper body, body injury, considering your head is on the upper part. Uh, but I'd have mm-hmm. to I'd have to double-check my anatomy. What's the knuckle, broken lesson? knuckle? Lower or that, upper? How do you that would be an upper body injury because your arms are connected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if my hands are down, my knuckles probably below my waist. Yeah, but your arms themselves connected at the upper body, you know. Off now you're getting into semantics here. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I like semantics. Um, <laughs> I heard from Shamar, um, you know, uh, that, that everything's okay. He's going right. through, you know, but I heard that there's nothing uh, serious. Uh, he is injured, but it's nothing like season threatening or anything like that, man. So shout out to my guy. He was out, uh, he came out late uh, on Saturday um, with his lower body in a brace. Hmm. Uh, the lower whole body. Thing. Not funny. the whole thing, but but if we're doing uh, our hockey injuries, I can't tell you yeah. what what part of the it was. They need to do it like they used to do in the cartoons, where they just wrapped up your entire body. You were in like a wheelchair, both legs up. Could you imagine the the freak out if if they were to like roll Shamar James out in the body cast? Man, listen when they, they freak out the injury, from fans Twitter in the went crazy. Yeah, they went crazy um, when the, when the injury happened. Bro, I can only imagine if he would have came out in, in, in a cask or something. Uh, it, I think Shamar is going to be Florida's best linebacker, and it's encouraging that it's not going to be, you know, uh, it's not an ACL. It's not going to be uh, a long-term season-ending kind of thing. Trahaja Mitchell had a – I can't remember who he hit, but he had a, a massive hit near the goal line. Yeah. Um, Montreal. Oh, I'm Montreal. And Montreal's yeah. a big dude. Um, I feel good about that that linebacker room. I think Derek Wingo's gotten a lot better. Uh, Manny Nunnery's a guy who I didn't think would really contribute other than special teams, and he's kind of been getting uh, getting some run, especially with Shamar out with the two. Heard some good things about him. I said his name. I've been, got I've been hearing through. some vibes. I've been yeah. hearing some vibrations about Manny Nunnery, dog. He yeah. may got an eye, Nick. I don't know. He. Um, he he's very instinctual. He 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 diagnoses plays really quickly and, and just gets to where he's supposed to be. There was one play that really stood out to me Saturday. Uh, it was like a little running play. I think it was like a cutback, and he kind of just stayed patient, stayed patient. Saw the gap open up and met whoever I can't remember who the running back was. Met the running back for no gain. Um, so to me, that was impressive. Just the way he diagnosed the play and got to where he needed to be. Didn't get. Stuck in traffic, uh, didn't run himself out of the play. Uh, don't know that he's a starter, especially when Shamar comes back. But I think Florida's pretty deep there at that linebacker spot. Uh, we have definitely Scooby and Derek Wingo is probably the the likely people to pick up the slack there. I think I think if you did like a th- a three deep or a two deep, it would be Shamar Trahaja, um, 
and then Wingo and Scooby behind them with with Nunnery close behind. Solid death. And anything on Deuce Robinson, who was on transfer from Michigan? Um, I I think he's all right. Uh, He hasn't flashed. Yeah. Yeah, he really hasn't flashed to me at all. Um, and then you can put Jaden Robinson, uh, the true freshman, in there with him. I think Jaden, I think he'll be a great player. Um, I almost, it almost looks like he kind of sticks right by Trahaja a lot. Um, it, it reminds me of like when Antonio Morrison got on campus. I can't remember. It might have been John Bostic, but like that first spring mm-hmm. when Morrison got on campus, they were like, hey, just follow this dude around. Whatever he does, you do it. Um, so if he I, barks I, I see at somebody, them. you bark at them. Well, maybe not the barking at the police dogs. <laughs> don't, maybe just don't do that. Um, but yeah, I'm encouraged by the I'm encouraged by the linebackers. I think if we let's go to defensive line next. I went up and looked it up yesterday. Des Watson played 386 snaps last year. Might top that half. That's wild. Gervon Dexter played more. Like mm-hmm. Florida just didn't have any kind of depth. So when you're I, can't remember what it was. It might have been first game in Utah, and someone's like showing. I think it was either G or Princely, like kind of jogging at uh, during a play in the fourth quarter. And I'm like, yeah, that was his 64th play on the field that night. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you look at Florida's defensive line now, with the depth they've gotten in with Banks and uh, Cam Jackson adding into the middle with McClellan and Tyreek Sapp. Uh, Des Watson, you've got enough guys to rotate and keep them healthy. It's not a Georgia thing. Like when, when Georgia was just rotating in five star after five star, but Florida finally has some depth at defensive tackle and enough guys where they don't have to play 45 snaps a game. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Florida desperately needed depth on the, the defensive side of the ball or the defensive line uh, position group as a whole. Uh, go and get a few players in the transfer portal um, to uh, to try to shore things up there. And now, one of the other uh, players that the Gators are excited about on the defensive line is Princely Uman Milan. Did we see much of him? Did we see much when it comes to pass rushing? Now, obviously, you know, with any of these practices, you know, quarterbacks are in non-contact jerseys as well as we're not tackling right now. Um, you know, the quarterback just as a, as a whole, or, you know, when the play breaks down, you know, there, there's limited contact that they could have. So there is definitely some hamstringing of the, uh, of the defensive line and the push that they're able to, but it did seem like they were able to operate uh, pretty aggressively uh, in the, the videos that I've seen um, that they might be even better than we had initially anticipated. Yeah, I think um... – that's going to be a really, really good position. I think Justice Boone's a guy that Princely will get a lot of gets talked about probably the most. Uh, you know, wearing that Uno now, um, he's kind of changed his body. I think he looks a lot leaner now. Um, Justice Boone is a guy that I think is going to be a great either defensive end or that Jack linebacker. Um, they've got some depth there and, and some guys that can get after the quarterback. I think Princely's going to. Ha- er, the way he's talking and the way that his body looks, it looks like he's putting in the work uh, to kind of have that season. He doesn't want to be here in 2024. <laughs> Princely wants to go out and get 15 sacks this year and be a first round draft pick. Can he do it? Love that. Uh, that's that's going to be up to him, but that's, that's his mentality right now. Yeah, wait for it. It's about to happen. Um, I like the overall, what I'm hearing from the D line. Like it's some guys we're not even talking about like Tyreek Sapp. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's going to contribute big time. That, that, that rotation 
I don't know how much of a drop off we're gonna we're gonna lose when we when we do rotate. Uh, I was how Caleb Banks coming in just from the small clips that I seen because it wasn't a lot out there, but his get off was a little different at his size. It's super impressive. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris McClellan, who we're not talking about a lot, but he showed some incredible flashes last year. Mm -hmm. And he and when, when they said he wasn't gonna be starting, I knew we had something. I'm like, yo, if Chris ain't starting, <laughs> and Caleb Banks is starting, and, and you got Cam Jackson. Like we we got a stick on defense. Um, what do you what do you think and what what are you hearing uh, as far as defensive tackle in that rotation? Like we know Caleb Banks and uh, and J and Cam Jackson are the starters. What are you hearing on on the the, the second depth as far as defensive tackles? I think um, I think you're going to get. It, it obviously will depend on package. Like if if you're third and short or goal line, like Dez is coming in. Um, Tyreek Sapp's really interesting. Um, He's, I mean, he was a stand-up like rush linebacker in in high school, and now weighs I think like 270 pounds. Um, looks good. Um, he's a guy who I think can play slide over if you're if you're heavy, slide over and play defensive end or play defensive tackle. I think you're looking at Banks and and Cam starting. Uh, McClellan and Sap and Dez would be the guys right after them. Um, there's just a lot of talent in that in that room um one thing i did notice on saturday um cam cam jackson kind of just looked tired like he was sucking wind by period four mm. um he's gotten a lot bigger uh and maybe it was just listen it was hot maybe it was just one of those days uh but did not look great to me on saturday but he has been great since he's been here mm. and then let's talk a little bit about the uh, the defensive backfield Oh, we're, we'll, we'll talk about DBs, or we'll talk about corners first, and we'll get into safeties, because I think we might have a different starting two than what we've talked about on this show. Uh, we talked to Devin Moore out, upper body injury. Uh, Jakeem Jackson, uh, Dijon Johnson uh, slid into that that number two cornerback behind uh, Jason Marshall on the other side of the field. But um, Dijon Johnson – Two pick sixes, I think, in one of the first couple practices of the season. Our That's fan good, base immediately man. said, "Who threw them?" But gotta be something. <laughs> gotta be some exciting, uh, you know, moments for that defensive backfield. So, you know, Jalen Kimber, a guy that wore a club on his hand for most of the season last year. Um, you know, obviously highly rated guy comes transfers from Georgia. Dijon Johnson, you know, highly ranked four star. Flip him from Ohio State. Jakeem Jackson ends up being one of the top DBs in the country. He's coming in. Um, Nick, Silk, so your thoughts. What do you What are you guys thinking? Uh, how that room kind of shakes out a little bit, and obviously it depends on how Devin Moore might be out for. That's, that's first off. I need Devin Moore healthy. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I pencil him in as a starter opposite of Jason Marshall, as long as he's healthy. You know, best availability. You know, best ability is availability. So he got to he got to be uh, out of the tub uh, to make the club. All the cliches, uh, but outside of that. Uh, Jalen Kimber is, is really good. No club. He's healthy. Um, so it shouldn't be a huge drop-off when Devin Moore leaves uh, with him. And I love Dijon Johnson and Jakeem Jackson, what I'm seeing. I like them as recruits, but they're on campus mm -hmm. now, so the stars don't matter. Uh, the, the discipline, the eye discipline, the foot discipline, the technique discipline from these guys is above average for a freshman, you know. Um like some people were saying, like the goal line stuff that we're doing, and our DBs were backpedaling as soon as the ball was snapped on off on off coverage and off ball things as a DB, and you can't, you just can't give up a space on that. So just seeing a lot of that discipline. Um, Dijon is an absolute dog. 
You, know, uh, you got to find a way to put him on the field, uh, corner, safety, whatever it may be. He's a corner, but you got to find a way to put these guys on the field. And I think, like, if there's any 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 mishap at corner injury or, you know, if, if Devin Moore is not shaking back from injury and maybe Kimber, whatever it may go down. If somebody goes down, I feel really good about these freshmen stepping in and getting some minutes. I don't, I don't feel like – like that's these are guys that you know a lot of time offense coordinators see a DB come in they're freshman yeah we're gonna throw right at him throw right at him man these ain't them type of guys we got some killers at cornerback bro for sure yeah I think Jakeem's really really good um, Dijon might be the one I've been most impressed with especially since he's been on campus for what like six weeks right um, mm-hmm. really impressed with him and then the other one that I'm, that I like a lot is Jordan Castell and you're seeing him get a lot of burn um, mm-hmm. and 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 making plays at safety. Um, I think if, if we're talking about the position group that I came away most concerned about, it might be safety. Mm. Um, Miguel Mitchell got run over by. Yeah, Trey uh, Webb. Let's, oh, let's sorry, talk about safety here in a second. So um, let's, let's just finish up on, on DB or on, uh, on cornerback real quick. Uh, Jason Marshall, uh, obviously, a lot of fans are expecting a, a lot of big things out of him this year. Highly, you know, regarded five-star recruit comes in freshman year, plays well. Last year, defense as a whole just was was bad. You know, not saying that he was necessarily bad. He was left out on an island a lot to make the ball or to to make plays on the ball, but. You know, ultimately, the DB room is so much impacted by you know the way that front seven plays. What what did you see about Jason Marshall? Is, does he look to be as impressive as we're expecting him to be? You know, there's some mock drafts with him maybe in the first, early, second round. I mean, he's he's being put on an island now, and and okay. they're going to be playing more press man. Um, I think go. that's I think that's what he's more suited for. Uh, yeah, he played a lot of off last year, a lot of zone last year. Um, It'll be interesting to me because I think the uh, I think the defense is going to bring pressure and bring it from different places. And um, do you does that mean you're playing more man or are you dropping into like a cover three while you're bringing you know bringing seven or eight? Um, but what I have seen is that they definitely are playing closer to the line of scrimmage. I think that plays into Jason Marshall. And you know, last year I think at some point during the season we had a conversation and we were just like maybe. It's not him. Maybe it's us. Maybe we just put too much on him, and he's not the player that we were making him out to be. And maybe what we're seeing right now is just that, hey, he wasn't being used to get the best out of his game. Um, so we'll see right now. But, yeah, the in terms of how the defense is being called, it's kind of just like, hey, Jason, you take that guy, just take him out of the game, and we'll play 10 on 10 over here. Yeah, deny the ball defense is what Devin Moore said. Austin Armstrong calls a lot of press man um, defense this year, which I know has been something that Gator fans going back to Todd Grantham. So we're looking at four years uh, ago now. We've seen situations where they'll show the field on on camera and the DBs are maybe – barely on the screen in some of those plays. And especially it seemed to happen a lot on like third and six where they're 10 Eight yards back. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> and then the DB um, backpedals. Like, yo, you're already <laughs> behind the sticks, bro. Anyway. Um, all right. So, uh, Nick, we do have a question uh, from somebody in here, and then we'll move to safeties real quick. This goes back to defensive line. Uh, Kelby Collins, have you seen much of him? Right. Yeah, yeah, I just, mean. Just a true freshman. Thing yeah, he's just, he's just behind those guys that I was that I was talking so highly of. He's behind Princely. He's behind Justice Boone. 
Um, I think him and TJ seriously are guys that are coming along. Kelby, I think looks more the part like TJ's big still, but Kelby came in looking maybe like a sophomore. Um, those are guys that I think have good futures. Um, but like how often are you taking Princely off the field? And, and that's the spot that, that he's playing. Mm. All right. And then let's get into safety real quick. And then we're going to break down the running back and linebacker position a little bit more in depth. Uh, right now uh, we had up until this show, even last week, we, we thought that it would be uh, Miguel Mitchell as, as one of the surefire uh, starters there. Uh, Kamari Wilson um, and, uh, those those are probably the, the top two names that, that fans were uh, familiar with. You get the uh, transfer of R.J. Moten. Then we thought, hey, maybe it would be Miguel Mitchell and R.J. Moten in that group. But um, for all intents and purposes, it seems like Kamari Wilson might be playing the best of of the three. Um, sure. Silk Nick, what are your what are your thoughts? I Go have. Ahead, my, I have. Uh, don't 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 like what I'm seeing from the transfer of Moten. Okay. Um, I don't know, bro. It just doesn't look like a Florida safety right now. Didn't see a whole lot of plays being made from him. Uh, right now, I got Kamari and, and Castell being my safeties, unless oh, I wow, see something okay. different. Um, Miguel Mitchell, you know, I was leading that hive, but he's not a sure tackler. You know, I'm hearing from guys that was there uh, hit me up on the phone calls like, yeah, you got to shut down the hive. So, like, it's just not happening. So, uh, he still got opportunity to prove in camp here, but from what I'm hearing, and what I'm seeing actually with Jordan Castell, like you, it's hard to put a freshman safety back there, especially in mm -hmm. a game one like Utah. So we may go with you know veteran, older guys to start the Utah game because it's just a on the road matchup. Uh, you playing a top fifteen team on the road, so I get it. But how I see it shaking out throughout the season, it may be Kamari and Castell. Uh, we'll see what the other safeties, the young safeties, uh, Thornton and some other guys we got could do, but. Right now, um, you got to give Kamara his flowers. He's looking better, you know. Yeah. Like it, he's looking more fluid. Uh, whatever he did in the all season in the weight room, whatever the training staff did with him, he's looking more like a fluid safety than a linebacker, which a lot of people are trying to move him to. Uh, so you got to give him his flowers, man. He's getting better. He's looking better. So one time for Kamara Wilson, we'll see how it all plays out. But right now, he's definitely playing the best, the best back there from what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think Castell stands out to me. Um, Moten, I think there was like a stat that like he hadn't given up like a a, a touchdown pass. Um, SEC speed's a little different than the Big Ten speed, mm, for sure. Uh, so I, it's just not a position right now that I have a lot of confidence in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's probably the position group that we've been the most skittish on giving a ton of flowers just because of what we saw last year. We saw some some depth issues too. Now, obviously, you go and you recruit pretty well. You get some good guys, Jordan Castell being one of them, to come in. Um, you put yourself in a situation where you have, you know, one of the wide receivers – you know, move to that defensive backfield, you know, whether that's a, a chance for, for him or whether it's just to try to shore up that depth. But from everything that I've seen, it's, it's Kamari Wilson one. Um, and I think even when we talked about it last week, we were thinking Kamari might be two or three. Um, but I think he's got that, that spot locked down. And then, you know, Miguel Mitchell and Jordan Castell and RJ Moten might be fun you know, fighting for that, that fourth spot. But uh, I think Kamari's going to be your, your, your lead playtimer at that position. For sure. 
So. I do want to see more. I didn't see a whole lot of practice clips of of the other safety. I seen Castell and some of the young boys getting some one on one action, uh, and seeing how they you know break on the ball. I didn't see a lot of that from even even Moten or Kamari. I like the way Kamari is just looking and what I'm hearing from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from the way the clips I seen, you know, I just didn't see any action. And R.J. Moten is a guy that's supposed to come in and bring a lot of leadership and, and you know uh, experience, uh, but it's just not translating. Um, from what I'm hearing to the to the field right now, so uh, I am very high on Jordan Castell and the safeties. We'll see how it all plays out. It's just he's a freshman, and playing yeah. freshman safety can get a little spooky. Yeah, we we've and, seen and Armstrong. Armstrong asked a lot of the safeties in, in terms right. of checks, calls. Um, you you got to know what the other ten guys in the field are doing to play safety uh, in this defense. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to break down linebacker and running back a little bit more here. Uh, let's talk special teams real quick, Nick. Um, oh, punt returner, do we do we have any idea of what we're doing at punt and uh, kick return? Obviously, with Ricky Pearsall out. I didn't tweet about it much. Um, let me pull this up. I made, made a little list. Uh, but there were some drops. Yep. Uh, ETM is back there. Caleb Douglas is back there. And Eugene Wilson was back there. Um did see Eugene Wilson drop one, but that's a guy who who I'd like to see to see back there. Him or Caleb Douglas. Sure. I think I'm excited to see Ricky. Like on the other hand, though, it's like okay, at this point of his career, Eugene Wilson doesn't mean what Ricky Pearsall means to the offense. Mm-hmm. And if and if I'm gonna have somebody staring up into the sky while people are running at him, waiting for a ball to come down. Maybe I put the freshman back there instead of putting my best offensive player back there. Mm. I Maybe. like that tape. I like that tape. I think uh, yeah, Ricky. Ricky is definitely uh, our best route runner and probably you know the best, the, probably the go-to receiver. Um, but upside, probably. Punk, uh, up, yeah, yeah, he's definitely the best receiver. <laughs> Just a little word play there, Nick. Uh, but I like the upside of Eugene. How fast he is, how explosive he is, uh, returning those kicks, but you got to be able to catch it first. But none of it matters. So, right, um, Nick, your uh, your punter makes the uh, watch list for the Ray Guy Award, which is outstanding. Jeremy Crawshaw, uh, so exciting news for him. Uh, let's see, well, Trevor Billy, e- Billy okay. Napier is a, a known. Hater of all punters going forward on fourth down all the time. Jeremy Crawshaw didn't even have enough punts last year to qualify for the Ray Guy Award. Mm. I like that. I did see, Bring that back. I, I heard something the other day, and this this number is going to be wrong, but something like forty six percent of all punters in college football at the FBS level are from Australia. So that's wild. Yeah, yeah. Pro Doing something Australia. different out there. Yeah, so shout out to Australia, Jeremy Crawshaw, Trevor Etienne makes the Paul Hornig watch list. Uh, There's a number of other Gators that made a, a watch list as well. Is that um, a rugby thing? Why they all like? You think it's a, get them getting rugby players? The rug. I think Aussie rules kicking? football, rugby, and then I also think that they have like very good training and development programs over there for the that. kickers. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. What? Pro it's kick like, Australia in yeah. Sydney. Yeah. So, and then I think you do a really good job of marketing them. And then, you know how these things go. You get a couple people that are super successful and you're like, I can't miss on this. Right. So you go and, you know, go shopping for kickers in Australia. I like it. 
All right. And you save a little NIL money too, you know? Um, one one battle that we're not talking about, is, like if Florida's going to be in close games, um, I don't know who the starting kicker is going to be, whether it's mm. Trace Mack or, or Adam Hollick. Um, I think they both looked fine. Uh, didn't really extend them out past like 40, 42 yards um, in practice on Saturday. Uh, you gave Smack a scholarship to come to Florida. Mahalik was given uh, a scholarship over the summer. I don't think you need two scholarship kickers. Uh, but if Florida's going to be in tight games, you can't have, like Adam Mahalik last year had the worst kicking season since uh, Austin Harden when I had like PTSD looking that stat up because I remember we'd have to like go to the games early and we would like tally what Austin Harden was doing in pregame. And it was like, hey, Austin Harden was 7 of 14. During his practice <laughs> yeah. reps before the game. It that day. Yeah. So <laughs> he was in his back. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so I, I don't know. I don't know who will win that. Uh, one of the uh, analysts uh, who has been tweeting nice things about all the players uh, had a tweet last week saying that Adam Mahalik is, is ice and that he had won the job, but I don't know if he has. Uh, but to me, that's for a team that's going to have to grind out some games, grind out some wins. Yeah, you'd like to have a kicker that is uh, uh, consistent. Yes, big part of the position. All right, any final thoughts before we break down running back and linebacker a little bit more? Nah, 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 man. You know, we're just going to run down on some Ute Sweet one, that's all. What we got next? We got uh, – let's give a quick shout-out to our friends over at Fango Tickets. Go visit them, Fango. It's F-A-N-G-O tickets.com. Uh, think of it as Airbnb for your season tickets. Go and list your tickets. Uh, individuals can go and buy. There are no fees for the buyer of those tickets. So, again, started by a UF alum. Uh, and is uh, very interested in helping grow this platform to try to fight back against some of these ticket master and these other websites that have unruly charges for buyers. So go visit fangotickets.com, um, Florida Gator Tickets, Cincinnati, or, uh, Cleveland Browns, um, Tampa Bay Lightning, Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Bucks are on there as well. So go check them out, fangotickets.com. All right, so let's get into running back. Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, Cam Carroll, and Treyon Webb are your four, uh, although I think the first three that we named are going to get a bulk of those. Trevor Etienne, the guy that's made a couple watch lists, a guy that uh, it seems like the media is very hype on, makes third team all SEC. Um, Montreal Johnson not getting the love that, that we thought. Um, is that a name recognition thing? Is that just – what is it? Because I, I mean, I think Montreal Johnson's your best running back. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I asked that like just maybe even like to myself, just sitting in a room like a crazy person, being like, "What yeah, about Montreal?" Out of room, yeah, yeah. Um, too much Gator love out there, so they just pick one. Yeah, well, I mean, like to me, they're kind of interchangeable. They're definitely different running backs, but I feel like they're going to carry the ball in terms of you know just number of carries, similar. Um, I don't think one is head and shoulders better. And like Montreal got no love, no preseason love 
uh, and ETN got a little bit, but to me, that's one, two, it doesn't matter who starts, you know, who gets the first carry. Uh, I think those guys are going to be, you know, the, the engine that makes Florida's offense go this year. Yeah, I don't even have a favorite out of the two. Uh, I like both of those guys. They just, they just both very good running backs, both patient guys that'll wait for things to develop. They're pro backs. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how anybody could leave uh, Montreal off of any running back watch list. Uh, he's going to be the real deal. So I don't care about the watch list a lot. I think it's a little bit of – give him some – give Montreal some added motivation. I like that. Like, like, yeah, give him some 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 slight – something to be mad at this season and run angry. Uh, for when we get to Utah, he can unleash this thing like he did last year. Uh, but, no, I think I, – I view those guys just as valuable. Um, mm-hmm. It's 1A, 1B. It's just yeah. pick your medicine, you know, pick your And poison. I think you saw that last year, right? Um, you know, the top three running backs for the Gators last year, Montreal Johnson, 11.92 attempts per game at 64.69 yards per game. Uh, Trevor Etienne had just a hair over nine uh, rushes a game. And then Naquan Wright, who transferred, uh, was getting about 6.7 uh, carries per game. Obviously, you drop off Naquan right. You add in Cam Carroll. Um, Anthony Richardson was averaging about eight and a half rushes per game uh, last year as well. So obviously, we don't expect Graham Mertz to run the ball certainly as frequently. But uh, of Montra Johnson, Trevor Etienne, and Cam Carroll, who do you think the uh, the order goes to for uh, for most attempts, most yards, most touchdowns? Like, kind of what are your thoughts, or do you just think it's truly going to be a one A one B with with Cam Carroll being probably a closer two than we thought. Yeah, I think it's 1A, 1B. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think you'll – you won't have more than 20 carries separate, in my opinion. On the season? Separate, yeah, on the season. Okay. Separate uh, – unless there's like an injury or something, you won't right. have, you know, a big separation between ETN and Johnson. Um, in my opinion, Cam Carroll's been um, the best pass catcher. Um, I've been really impressed with how he runs. He runs hard, um, tough guy to bring down, um, made me eat my words. I thought he was crazy for coming to indoor running back room with those two guys, uh, saw him maybe twice and was like, okay, never mind. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Um, he's great. And, and Tran Webb is flashed, but like, you're just a young buck in, in, in a, in a really, you know, deep talented deep room. room. So, um, I think Florida's running back. You're you're fortunate to have this group of four guys, um, and and even if somebody were to go down, I don't think you you really lose a step from Johnson to Etn to Carroll, and mm-hmm. and, and I think Tran Webb will continue getting better and and, and continue uh, to try to work into that group. Yeah, going back here, you mentioned pass catching. I'm just going to pull up some stats from last year. We saw, let's see. They were not involved. Yeah, ETN had nine catches for 66 yards. Montreal Johnson, 12 catches for 58 yards. Lorenzo Lingard, two catches for 22 yards. And Naquan White, one catch for 14 yards. Obviously not a big part of that Offense last year, what did I say? 12. So of you maybe had 8% of your catches last year uh, from running backs. Uh, do you see that being a little bit more based on what you've seen and some of the involvement of the running backs in that passing game? And 
maybe what some of Graham Mertz tooling is uh, to include them and, and obviously the skill set that they have and maybe some of the shortfalls that the Gators have at the wide receiver position as they continue to develop players. Yeah, I think that should be something too, uh, especially that you, you don't have the kind of athlete that you had last year. Like you're not going to get the 90-yard, 80-yard touchdown run from your quarterback. Um, use your running back as an extension um, of the passing game. I think uh, ETN and, and Montreal are getting better in terms of pass catching, um, but but I think you need to get those guys involved more, especially when you look at what you what you've lost at receiver and what when what you have coming back. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Um, anything else on on running back? I mean, I think that that's a position group that we've been very high on for the entire offseason. Um, it seems like they've come into practice uh, as good as advertised in Kim Carroll's situation, probably better than advertised, right? Um, yeah. Trayon Webb, I know that you said is doing well too. A guy, you know, four-star guy, um, you know, recruited very heavily for Florida, was wanted by Jawan Sider and wanted by the folks up at Penn State who recruit the position really well. Uh, came in, not as many flowers as maybe some other running backs in that recruiting class might have gotten, but has come in as impressed thus far. Um, but I don't think that there's much, you know, more that you could want, you know, out of this. You have the, the mix of size and speed and kind of the breakaway speed as well as as the vision. They all seem to have great vision and be able to, to get to that open hole uh, and attack. So um, I think that the position group that we've been one of the most excited about all season or all offseason, pardon me, has been the running back room. And it seems like they are doing well, obviously without the same running threat that you had with Anthony Richardson, there's a different kind of focus on you as the running back. But still, um, I think that this is going to be a group that has even better year than last year. Uh, And I'm very, very excited. I think that that's what's going to make this offense hum this year. Like it when it hums, man. Um, Real quick, what do you guys think about the quarterback uh, running with AR going? I still think we we do some runners. Of course, it's not going to be – a, a six four, two hundred and fifty pound guy making guys miss. Uh, we all wanted more running out of AR last mm-hmm. year. I thought he could have been way more productive uh, with his running, but I think Graham Mercy is a, a definitely a capable runner. He could get busy a little bit uh, with his legs. Uh, what do you guys think about running from the quarterback position this year? Well, when I said that, I just meant like you don't have that dynamic runner, right? Like, right. like, mm-hmm. like, like Anthony Richardson won the Utah game last year. Uh, and Amari Bernie. Shout out to Amari. Um, but like you're you're not gonna have you don't Graham Mertz isn't liable to go for 70 yards on any given play like Anthony was. But I I, I still think you can add in some of the quarterback run option kind of stuff. Um, but you just don't have that same kind of big play waiting to happen, home run waiting to happen in, in Graham Mertz running. Right. Yeah, I think yeah, the quarterback no. position still gets active with, with the running. What we we got, Dan? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I think, I think Graham Burtz, and I've said it for a while now, um, and I think you're seeing a little bit more, is not, you know, a Peyton Manning. You know, you mentioned it earlier, Nick. He's not Peyton Manning. He's not uh, just a guy that's just going to sit there and be this blundering guy that falls over his feet yeah. if he tries to run the ball past the line of scrimmage, right? I think he's he's got some speed. Um, I think he's a, an athletic player. I think that we saw that in high school. You saw it sometimes in college. You know, it depends on, you know, probably what that position group looks like 
at, at the backup quarterback role. But but at some point in time, you have to will that team. And if that means trying to break off a seven yard run for a first down, you have to be able to keep that tool in your toolbox and be able to use it. And I think that Graham Mertz is both faster and more athletic than the statue that people have compared him to. I mean, it seems to me like this entire offseason now all of a sudden people are like, oh, like. He's not a statue. Is that like Graham Mertz was like collapsing in quicksand, like all of those quicksand comments that we used to talk about, like in like fourth grade and you'd be like, what to worry about quicksand when you're an adult, right? Like, I think that that's like what a lot of people assume that Graham Mertz did every time he stepped in the pocket. And I just don't think that that's the case. He's certainly not going to be as athletic as Anthony Richardson. In fact, no quarterback in history has ever been as <laughs> right. as Anthony right. Richardson was right. But he, I don't think he's a statue and, you know, I do think, you know, he can he can make plays, you know, with his feet. And I'm looking forward to seeing him prove all the, the haters and losers wrong, as our former president would say. Well, we at with? We, we, at, we at, still at Mr. Mina Mercer. We sliding back to possibly a homicide or a murder. Ooh. All right. Um, I think we're still at Mr. Mina. We got to see it. Right. Okay. Um, you know, but now it's not just like a petty theft, you know. Uh, there's a little bit more to it, you know. He's not jaywalking now. Yeah, he's not just jaywalking. You know, it's not. It's not a uh, criminal. It's not a driver's license that went expired. Or a, a tag that went expired. You know. Right. He was loitering. Then he was jaywalking, trespassing. Trespassing. Mm. <laughs> he was. He was going towards citation Con- merch, but conspiracy. Yeah. That's 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 hassan cook appreciate the super chat donation if you have a question let us know uh let's get into the linebacker side of the ball uh or the linebacker position on the defensive side of the ball let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at home field apparel that's where this shirt is from one of my favorites to wear uh Cone nice drip right there man yeah yeah uh nice uh, soft cotton go check them out homefieldapparel.com promo code stadium and gale will get you 15 percent off of your first order you know the work around that if this is not your first order again homefieldapparel.com best vintage florida gator clothing out there and if you have a friend family uh, member colleague spouse whatever it might be that went to i think uh, almost a hundred different schools now uh go check them out homefieldapparel.com all right let's get to linebacker got a lot to talk about there um Overall thoughts on the group, just holistically, before we talk about names here. Uh, overall, I'm, I'm higher. I'm higher on the group than I was uh, in spring. Uh, Shamar going down, of course. I think he's going to be is what it is. We didn't get to see Taraja Mitchell in spring. He was healing up a little bit, uh, but just watching with Shamar down, uh, what we're hearing, uh, a lot of these guys are stepping up, and I think we got quality depth at all at all three slots. Uh, there's gonna be some drop off from Shamar because I just think he's a, a different type of a linebacker. He's gonna be a, a household name, I think, if he's healthy. I mean, a lot of people gonna get to know exactly who uh, Shamar is. Uh, game one, but overall on the position, you know, they flipped the room. I mean, our linebacker has mm-hmm. been a struggle. Uh, we had a lot of tweener guys in the past, athletic safeties that were were trying to make linebackers. We got a room full of pure linebackers. I um, want to see how Derek Wingo plays out. Been hearing good things about him. I uh, just want to see more of it, but complete flip of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's run through uh, that list of names real quick. Hold on one second, Nick, just so everybody knows the names that we're going to be talking about here. Shamar James, Derek Wingo, Scooby Williams, Taraji Mitchell, Deuce Spurlock, the transfer from Michigan, Jaden Robinson, the freshman, and Manny Nunnery, the transfer 
from Houston. Uh, there are two walk-ons, Kenny Anahi and Justin Pelak in that group as well. I think it's Pelak. Sorry, go ahead, Nick. But, but I think it's Pelak, but Anahi. Sure. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, my question, Silk, we're bringing up the uh, uh, what you called the midget tight end. The slow midget tight end from Utah is Shamar James. Can Shamar James cover Brant Keithy, who I told you would kill Florida last year based on knowing the linebackers that, that Florida had and went for like nine, a buck, a four, and a touchdown. And caught in hell. Yeah, yeah. Most importantly, he, he, got that he did. He did. Add yeah. that. That's a catch. I didn't mention that. Yeah, yeah. Ten he's, a talented, he's a talented guy. He's a release valve. Like, a, a, like that's a good – spot for him right so i think he's also coming have... back from from an acl injury too but his is was earlier than risings right so i expect him to have a good game again but just won't be enough again nick so um i think shamar can run with him but that guy's gonna get his he's an nfl yeah. tight end so he's gonna get his uh i think i won't get too far into the utah game but the utah game is gonna come down to them being able to run the ball they're not gonna be able to drop back and just pass on us bro we're gonna push that pocket uh we're gonna come off the edge with that new uno it's going to be a different type of game than what people think is about to happen in Utah, bro. I can't wait to get out there, but they're going to have to be able to run the ball and slow down that pass rush in our defensive line. If they trying to drop back and throw to that tight end, it's going to be murderous role. Um, so Dan touched on it a little bit with uh, Trahaja. Um, they kind of just like put him in bubble wrap in the spring. He's a guy who had an injury last year, has had some injuries uh, at Ohio yeah. State. Um, came in and – I was so impressed. First practice that we walked into, he's calling plays and calling checks out. And I'm like, okay, this guy's been here three weeks, and, and he's already leading and commanding the defense. So I was impressed with that. Uh, maybe you should expect that from a six-year guy, um, but it's brand new defense, and and uh, yeah, that impressed me. I've been impressed with him sideline to sideline. Like I don't think he's as athletic as Shamar. I don't think he's as athletic as like Scooby or fat as fast as those guys, but. Um, like a Zach Thomas, Ray Lewis, they might not have been the, the biggest or the fastest, but their instincts and the way they can run from sideline to sideline, they put themselves mm. in position to make plays. So I, I like, I like that. I like Taraji Mitchell. I think he's going I'm just, to Sorry, Nick. I'm just going to write down that you're comparing Taraji Mitchell <laughs> to Zach Ray Thomas Lewis. and Ray. I like that. I'm just I like that. Smaller. When they go positive, he go positive big. Yeah, yeah. He could have very easily just said like an Antonio Morrison, you know. He could have he he went for the big dog, and I appreciate that, Nick. It's what brings us the best content out there. Shout out to Hall of Famer, finally, Zach Thomas, finally getting his just due. Oh man. Yeah, and and then Derek Wingo is a guy that hasn't been healthy, just hasn't had the opportunity. He's had a crazy career because he was a edge rusher at St. Thomas. Came in in the 2020 year, and guys started getting COVID. Guys started getting hurt, and they're like, hey, by the way, now you need to learn the Mike and the Will and the Sam. You need you to learn all three spots because you might have to start next week, and then I think the Mizzou game got canceled. But um, after that, he's had shoulder injuries. He had a shoulder that needed surgery. Then Ventrell got booted out of that game and Wingo is going to have to start against FSU. He broke his foot on the Monday of FSU week and played on like a broken foot that ended up having to get surgery. So um, we talked to him on Saturday and he just looked so happy to not be injured or not be playing 
through something. Um, <clears throat> to me, it, it'll be interesting to see, does he take a step? Is he in a rotation as like the third guy? What does Scooby do? Scooby's a guy that they tried to move out to edge. They tried to, they moved him back. I don't know what, what Scooby does. And then uh, Manny Nunnery, can he get in the mix? It's a deep room. Like you said, so you flip the room. You, you lost did. like a hundred and you lost like 120 starts. That's 120 yeah, that's games lot. played yeah. between between the two linebackers that, that were drafted. You you flip the room, you bring in a couple guys, Manny Nunnery, Deuce Spurlock, and Taraje Mitchell. Um, you know, and then you know, now you're now you're counting on those guys. You know, you're Shamar James, you recruited him. Derek Wingo, you inherit him, but you know, a guy that was a highly thought of guy, Scooby Williams, you know, again, a lot of fans were very, very excited when Florida took him from Alabama. Uh, Jane Robinson is a freshman, right? So like you flip the room, but there's just, just a lot of names right now, right? Not yeah. a lot of production, you know, Taraji Mitchell, highly thought of guy injured. I think almost every year he was at Ohio state, right? Do Spurlock redshirt freshman. So imagine, you know, a guy that just sat on the bench at Florida last year, right? So, again, Jaden Robinson, a guy that, you know, Florida gets, flips him from uh, South Carolina, I believe. You know, but, again, those are some names, and now you need your Shamar James and your Derek Wingos and your Scooby Mitchells, and you need those guys that transferred in. And the guys that you went after, and Florida was very picky in the uh, transfer portal this year, um, it's – just a lot of names to me right now. And I'm hopeful. And I know that Shamar James, in my opinion, can be very good. And I think Scooby Williams and Taraji Mitchell can be good. I want to start to see it out of Derek Wingo. You know, again, he's healthy. Uh, but right now I, I have some concern just because we don't know, in my opinion, what we have. We have some athleticism. We have some talent. But we just don't have, like, the proven skill the best, set. The best thing the, these linebackers got, this was a front – four in front of right. them. Like that's mm -hmm. a linebacker's dream is to have space eaters and guys that are causing havoc up front. Niggas just roam free. You're not getting linemen getting on the second level and they got to mm -hmm. deal with that stuff. So that's going to be the biggest blessing for these linebackers. And I, right. I believe in Taraji Mitchell. I know like Shamar mm -hmm. has the biggest upside and that's the young phenom. Uh, but just being around Taraji, we did some content with him with um, Nick was there. Uh, with Beyond the Chump, uh, show that we rolling out. Just his leadership. You know, he was trying to itch out of there to get to the weight room while he was there. We He's rushing the content a little bit because he had to get over to the weight room to lead. Uh, so I, I just like the quality of guys they brought in. Uh, I believe in their skill set. But most importantly, like I was saying, that, that front four defensive line is very important to linebackers having good years and being productive. Keeping linebackers clean. Facts. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to Derek Wingo. He was um, a, a named to Warfel. the Warfel Trophy uh, award list or a watch list, which is college football's premier award for community service. So shout out to him. Um, assuming Shamar James comes back healthy in the next few weeks, your lineup for linebackers is Mitchell, James, and Wingo? Yeah. So, and then maybe Scooby Williams in there as well? Yeah. All right. Sounds about right. If you were going right. three deep, I think you'd have Spurlock and Nunnery, uh, like third string. Okay. What is the word from uh, Spurlock? That was an interesting take. Uh, wasn't mad at his high school film. Uh, but I like these guys 
uh, transfer portal evaluation. So what, what, what's been the vibes with, with Spurlock? Um, kid from Alabama, uh, went up, he's just young, like only appeared in two games, I think at Michigan last year, um, was just a freshman, but like a freshman on a playoff team. Uh, so like there's no, no slight to him that he didn't play. Um, he gets coached a lot. I think is a nice way to say it. He gets coached a lot, uh, by Jay Bateman when we're out there. Um, but young guy, young guy, essentially just essentially treat him as just a true freshman because he is only been in college one year and now he's in a brand new scheme, brand new system. So um, I don't think he plays a ton this year, um, Mm -hmm. but a guy that could grow into a linebacker that starts for you somewhere down the line. Yeah. And and what is decent for, you know, some of these guys is while the coaching, the position coaches haven't changed, um, much on the defensive side of the ball, there is a new defensive coordinator as a whole. So it does give everybody kind of the same opportunity to learn and you don't feel like you're so far back from a scheme perspective, right? So, you know, again, you know, it's it's now up to these guys. And I think that there's a lot of, you know, talent there, not just a matter of putting it all together. But, you know, I think the change in defense coordinator does allow, you know, somebody like a Deuce Spurlock or, or Spurlock or a Manny Nunnery or Taraji Mitchell, whoever it might be, to be able to come in and they're, they're learning with everybody else. And I think that when you learn with other people, sometimes that just makes everybody together uh, better as a whole, right? Because now you all have to be bought in. It's not just... I'm taking over the scheme that I already know and everything else. And you're the one that has to kind of learn it on your own. Now we have to, to study together and grow together and build together. So uh, it might even be a little bit of a blessing in disguise, despite the fact that it looks like Austin Armstrong is leaps and bounds better than Patrick Tony, at least in likability for now, you know? Yeah. And like my man, fragrance journey, just said in those comments, smash that like button. We got some people vibing out with us, smash that like button, beef in the comments, arguing the comments, ask us questions. If you got, uh, super chat, you want to jump towards the, the front of the line with some questions, just shoot us, shoot us a super chat. Yeah. For sure. Uh, we are nearing the end of our show. Let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit them. The best place to buy your Florida Gators wear and tailgate supplies, accessories, and everything else on Archer Road right off of I-75 there, right on your way to the stadium, uh, right near that Chick-fil-A. You're going to see beautiful Alumni Hall. Go check them out or go visit them at alumnihall.com for all anything that you could ever want Florida Gators related. Uh, Gentlemen, any final thoughts before we head out of here? we talked about Shamar's injury uh, a bit earlier in the show. Um, it does seem to be he might be out for a little while uh, with a lower body injury, uh, but should be back before uh, the season starts. Yeah, you got, you guys got to go back to the early in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. DK pulling up asking about Max Brown at QB two. Yeah, I already yeah, told about twelve minutes into the show. Yeah, based on based on the reps. Based on the reps, he's not QB2, but we did talk about if different scenarios of, okay, well, if this happened, who would then go in? Uh, so, rewind. All right, then. So, you have song of the week, I believe. Uh, yeah, you, you have song of the week. So, uh, any good. final thoughts before we head out of here, gentlemen? Nah, Nick, what's man. practice schedule like this week? I was just pulling it up, Dan. Um, no practice today. We just have – they practiced on Sunday. It was closed. Um, 
Monday, just media. I think we talked to Chris McClellan and Damian George today. Tuesday, practice. Wednesday, practice. And Thursday is a scrimmage. Nice. Perfect. And they're doing yeah. that these throughout random points of the day. Like I know they had like a seven fifteen practice. I know they had a twelve. Where they're trying to simulate kickoff times and. Do all that I don't, kind of I don't know what it is. So like Tuesdays at eleven a.m., Wednesdays at three. The scrimmage is at one. Uh, then Sunday they practice again at three. Uh, so it's kind of all over the place. We did have that one late practice. Maybe it's maybe it's different kickoff times. I think aren't the first four games all like seven seven p.m. Yeah, they're all night games. Yeah, seven eight p.m. Uh, yeah, except but, uh, that game in uh, Utah, I think, kicks off at probably 6, right? It's at 7.30, maybe 5.30. So you guys will have to deal with the mountain time out there. So Yeah, uh, go follow Beyond the Chump, new new mm. NIL platform that, that um, the network's rolling out. Going to be doing some NIL content with athletes uh, in a barbershop setting, real fire. And we dropped small clips of content out there, but the, the first episode – We'll be dropping the day before the game. Uh, we're going to drop it that Wednesday before the Utah game. Uh, and also, Stadium Miguel, we're going to roll out some new content this fall. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring on a legend. Uh, this is a, a – uh, what is this? Like a – what do you call it? It's a Stadium Miguel show. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, we're doing a film session with Redell Anthony out in Tampa. We're going to do it. Uh, for If you want to pull up live, we'll be at a restaurant out there in the Bay. Uh, we also scream it live. But Redell Anthony is going to be breaking down the game. Uh, from the Saturday before on a Sunday morning. So uh, just be on the lookout for that that content as well this fall. Uh, exciting stuff happening over here, and we appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week. And please do, uh, before we head out of here, uh, please take care of our sponsors as well, Allen Horn, State Farm Insurance, Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, the Gataverse, G-A-T-A-V-E-R-S-E.io, Gataverse.io, support NIL platforms. Support Home Field Apparel, support Alumni Hall, and support our friends over at Fango Tickets. So, Silk, you got Song of the Week? Yeah, let me get Rex Life Rods, uh, Where I Belong. Perfect. All right, we'll see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. All of my thoughts be clouding my judgment sometimes Backtracking and second guessing like I don't know nothing sometimes Seems like I'm spending hell of my time to figure it out Who are these niggas around? They just gon' ruffle my feathers, stuck in my wings, can't get off the ground I got the vision, they don't got the vision I'm well aware of all my decisions When I need them and I call them, everybody missing When I got it, they come back around and shit is fishy I keep betting on Faraji even when it's risky my anxiety been finding ways to keep me busy yeah. Guess it's a blessing in disguise I get lost in my mind Still I rise every time Still I rise It's been a hell of a ride Niggas been off of my ocean Know that I just get better with time Know that I'll never rewind No, I don't nickel and dime I'd rather put in the time I'd rather work I'd rather own all my own shit I feel better when it's mine No, I'ma shine You know it Walk in the room so glowing You see the light on me Look how it shines on me I might have been down, but not for long 
When you turn around, know I'll be gone And be at the top where I belong Where I belong Spend a lot of time to right the wrongs Then I let go of all my flaws And headed to the top where I belong